My, Abby and I were sitting at the breakfast table this morning after our day yesterday, and we were like, I wonder how many people are going to come here with a new skin tone today. <laughs> we, were, we were kayaking for five or six hours yesterday, and I got some nice red spots right on the top of my foot where my sandal didn't cover. And she's got like socks that are bright red. <laughs> All right, let's pray and we'll invite the Lord to lead us today. Lord, just thank you so much um, that we get to come here and publicly worship you just, and, um, just in the open. And Lord, we thank you for this blessing, this opportunity, and just ask your blessing and guidance on this time. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, last be last week, I uh, went to a job after another guy had been there, and um, it was a it was a for me a really frustrating situation because this other guy kind of left a mess there, and I was going there to meet the owners and uh, and sign it off with the city, and so afterwards, I. Uh, told some people what it was like, and I was like, and this is not about the other guys, this is about, like, being better, like, realize that that's not the way that I should have handled that situation. So I went, because I went and I talked to somebody else and said, this shouldn't have happened, why, why is this allowed to happen like this? Because I looked bad, and so my, my pride was like, they thought I did the mess. Anyways, the whole thing, and they brought me back to a child story that I had read a few years back, and I'd, it's a story I've read quite a few times. It's called The Princess and Curdie, and it's a second to The Princess and the Goblin. There's a, a guy, George MacDonald, who was a, he was a preacher in the 1850s, preacher of the word, and he was known for uh, fairy tale like children's tales and stuff. A little more advanced, you know, than the small kids, but I found his writings really inspiring. Anyways, uh, there's a snippet in here that every time something like that happens, I go back, it's just like, it brings to my mind, it's like, you can do better. Should I do better? Anyways, with the Lord's help. Uh, so I'm going to just read you that snippet, because I thought it was like, this fits. And it goes along with, you know, if you're parenting... We're going to the parenting class right now that is really good. And the whole, I'd say like the, the big over thing of the parenting class is you don't want to react to your children's, you know, their outbursts or not listening. You want to parent the heart. And that is a challenge for me over and over and over to do better and do better because you always seem to, for me, I always default into reacting to what they're doing rather than parenting uh, the heart, which the Bible tells us the heart is deceitful and uh, it, needs, it needs parenting. Okay, so this, this story a little bit back, it's um, the boy named Curdy, he shoots a, he shoots a pigeon, I think a pigeon or a dove, and um, something inside him says, what have you done? He was hurt when he saw the bird laying there, just barely alive, it didn't die all the way. And it struck him. Something in his spirit said, this is not right. Anyways, and so he takes it to the lady in the tower, who 
at least my understanding in, in this book, is a representation of the Holy Spirit. And so I'll just kind of read you. That's just the back of what's going on right before this. I didn't mean to do any harm, ma'am. I didn't think of it being yours. Ah, Curdie, if it weren't mine, what would become of it now? She returned, you say you didn't mean any harm. Did you mean any good? No, answered Curdie. Remember then that whoever does not mean good is always in danger of harm. But I try to give everybody fair play, and those that are in the wrong are in far more need of it than any of those who are in the right. They can afford to do without it. Therefore, I say for you that when you shot that arrow, you did not know what a pigeon is. Now that you do know, you are sorry. It is a very dangerous thing. It is very dangerous to do things you don't know about. But please, ma'am, I don't mean to be rude or contradict you, said Curdy, but if a body was never to do anything but what he knew to be good, he would have to live half of his time doing nothing. There you are much mistaken, said the old, said the old quavering voice. How little you must have thought why you don't seem to even know the good of the things you are constantly doing. Now don't mistake me. I don't mean you are good for doing them. It is a good thing to eat your breakfast, but you don't fancy it's very good of you to do it. The thing is good, not you. Curdie laughed. There are a great many more good things than bad things to do. Now tell me, what bad thing have you, been, have you done all day besides this sore hurt to my little white friend? While she was talking, Curdie had sunk into a sort of reverie in which he hardly knew whether it was the old lady or his own heart that spoke. And when she asked him, what question, when she asked him that question, he was at first much inclined to consider himself a very good fellow on the whole. I really don't think I did anything else that was very bad all day, he said to himself. But at the moment, but at the same time, he could not honestly feel that he was worth standing up for. All at once, a light seemed to break in upon his mind, and he woke up, and there was the withered little anatomy of the old lady on the other side of the moonlight, and there was the spinning wheel singing on and on in the middle of it. I know now, ma'am. I understand now, he said. Thank you, ma'am, for spinning it into me with your wheel. I see now that I have been doing wrong the whole day and such a many days besides. Indeed, I don't know when I ever did right, and yet it seems as if I had done right sometime and had forgotten how. When I killed your bird, I did not know what I was doing, just because I was always doing wrong, and the wrong had soaked all through me. What wrong were you doing all day, Curdie? It is better to come to the point, you know, said the old lady, and her voice was gentler even than before. I was doing the wrong of never wanting or trying to be better. And now I see that I have been letting things go as they would for a long time. Whatever came into my head, I did, and whatever didn't come into my head, I didn't do. I never sent anything away, and I never looked out for anything to come. I haven't been attending to my mother or my father either, and now I think of it, I know I have often seen them looking troubled. And I have never asked them what was the matter, and now I see, too, that I did not ask because I suspected it had something to do with me and my behavior and didn't want to hear the truth. And I know I have been grumbling at my work and doing a hundred other things that are wrong. 
You have got it, Curdie, said the old lady, in a voice that sounded almost as if she had been crying. When people don't care to be better, they must be doing everything wrong. I am so glad you shot my bird. Anyways, it just goes on. Make sure there was nothing else there. Yeah, anyways, so you kind of get the idea. If you just like floating through life, never caring to um, do better, as the story is clearly played out there, it's like not becoming better is the same as kind of being worse, I guess. Uh, anyways, that's just a story that always comes to my mind. Whenever I was like, okay, I should have done that better next time, work on it, do it better. Um, and I just thought that was a great thought for starting today. So anyways, I'm going to pray and worship, ask the worship team to come up. And so, Lord, just thank you so much. Um, as we uh, strive, Lord, to serve you and to um, just kind of honor you in all of the things that we do, um, Lord, I just ask, I know for myself and I think everybody else here as well, we just ask that you continue to show us how to be better, how to um, serve you better, to honor you in all that we do and say, and just pray for this time of worship, Lord, that it would just be um, a blessing to you, an honoring, and um, we thank you. So just in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. <laughs> We didn't talk about who was going to talk first, but would you stand with us so we can worship together?
Speak. 
I don't know how many times I've sung this song, but it hit me anew this morning while we were singing the bridge. It says, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. And what hit me this morning, I know this, but it still hit me. It says, let us become more aware of your presence. It doesn't mean that the presence aren't there. It means we're not paying attention. It means we're so stuck or distracted or not even looking. not seeing it. We're not experiencing the fullness that God has for us because we're not paying attention. I'm not paying attention. I don't know why that was new to me today. But God, thank you that you reveal new things through the same words that we've sung hundreds of times through the same scriptures that we've read over and over. You continue to bring new life through your words, through your presence, through the experience of being with you. God, I pray that that could be an ongoing thing. You would continue to reveal yourself in us, through us, to other people. that through us being in your presence, that those around us would say, I want that. I don't know what that is, but I want that. God, help us to shine in our community, to be a light. God, help us to bask in your presence. And through that, make a difference in those around us. God, I thank you for who you are, for remaining constant. God, I pray that you would bless the rest of this service and that you would be lifted high and that your people would leave here today with a renewed reminder of who you are. And what Good morning. I think I got a new mic cord, so I'm trying to get it adjusted so it doesn't bug me. I appreciate all of you that shared this morning. Um, I think... Uh, I know several of you have been reading ahead where we're going, and uh, this morning is Acts chapter 2, and it's Pentecost, it's the coming of the Holy Spirit, and I have been um, going over this one quite a bit, just to know where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to talk about. And so, the day of Pentecost it's, it's about seven weeks after Easter, so technically I think it be the end of May is when it will be this year. Uh, so last week, or, or whatever week it was, I was talking about how long they might have been in this room, and I think it was around 10 days um, that they were there together, which might be a little stressful, it seems like. But Acts chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these, all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, they are full of new wine. And I thought that was kind of an odd place to stop, but that's where we're going to stop this morning. Jesus has gone back to the right hand of the Father. The disciples stood there staring for a while, and the angel said, what are you doing here? You need to go back to Jerusalem where, where Jesus told you to go. Go back to the upper room and wait. And wait for the Holy Spirit to come. The topic of the Holy Spirit has been um, maybe one of the most debated topics in our modern time. Why is that? Why is that? And I think this is just me talking a little bit, and I think part of that is because it's maybe been abused. Maybe it's been used in the wrong context. Maybe it's been used out of line. The scripture is full of warnings against false prophets and being aware of what's being said and what's being taught and how in whose authority people might act. And I think it's been misused. It's been misrepresented. But what I don't want to miss this morning is I don't want to miss the reality that the Holy Spirit is real. He's very much alive. He's very much with us today. We sang about it this morning. We heard different things. People got saved from, with Brenda, what Brenda was sharing. That's the Holy Spirit that works, that prompts. It might be similar to what your conscience, you might call it your conscience, but I wonder if a lot of times that's actually the Holy Spirit prompting us to do something. And so here are the disciples. They're all, in the, not just the disciples, there's about 120 people, and they're all in this upper room. And that's what we're reading but here I want to go back because Jesus has told them what is going to happen. While he was here, he told them this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go back and read that in John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment 
because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. We were singing this morning, Jordan, what you shared. I appreciate what you shared. Because Jesus, this in John is when Jesus was here, and he was actually telling his followers, this is what's going to happen. It's better for you that I go, because if I go, then I can send the helper. Then I can send the Holy Spirit. If I don't go, he's not going to come. But we get confused sometimes, and we think, what could possibly be better than having Jesus walk right here with us physically? But even as great and as exciting as that was, it wasn't as good as when he went back to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit. We can't see the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he was here, was physically present. The Holy Spirit today lives in each side of us. If you've accepted Christ, you've accepted the gift of salvation that he's offered, the Holy Spirit is in you. I tried to bring an example today. I was listening to a podcast, and it didn't work the way I thought it was going to, but I don't know how much time it was going to take, and I maybe could have planned ahead a little bit better. But if you take a cup of chocolate, or excuse me, of milk, and you put chocolate in it, what does the chocolate do? It goes all the way to the bottom right away. But then you take that cup and preferably put a lid on top and shake it. And what does it do? It spreads all through that milk to make chocolate milk. If you let it set for a long time, what happens? It's all going to settle back to the bottom. And I heard this example earlier this week, and I thought it was a really good example of when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes with the deal. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The question is, is he in the bottom of that cup settled at the bottom not being used? Because if you have that chocolate in the bottom of your chocolate milk not being used and you take a drink, it's going to take like, taste like normal milk. But if you shake it up, chocolate milk is even better, I think. So each of you, having accepted Christ, has the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, we're talking about the first time that the Holy Spirit came which was incredible, and I can't only, you can only imagine what that might have been like. Because they're sitting in this upper room, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they don't really know what it is that they're waiting for. They were told what they're waiting for, but they don't know what it's going to look like. They don't know how it's going to come. They have no idea what it's going to be like, and so it's going to have to be something that they're going to recognize. There's something that they're going to see, because they don't want to miss it. And it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. Now probably, that's not something you're going to miss very easily. I would imagine it got everybody's attention, because if you keep reading later, even the people that weren't in the room heard what was going on, and they all came to see what the commotion was all about. So this isn't something that just the people in this upper room heard or felt. This is where the Holy Spirit came to, But everybody in the city heard it because they all came to see what was going on. 
Why did it come? It says then that it, it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Why tongues as of fire? Why that particular symbol that is used right here? Tongues may be to symbolize speech and the communication of God's word, of the good news of God's word. And maybe fire would symbolize God's purifying presence, burning away undesirable elements of our lives and setting our hearts aflame to ignite the lives of others. Isn't that, doesn't that describe why the Holy Spirit is here? Burning away undesirable elements of our lives, of my life, and setting my heart aflame to ignite the lives of others. That's exciting. That's why the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit is here. He lives inside of each one of us, but are we keeping that stirred up? Because sometimes I think we have to take that glass of milk and we have to shake it every once in a while so that we know it's still alive and well. So we know the Holy Spirit is still here. He's still working. We sing this morning, Holy Spirit, let your presence come. We want you to be here. We invite you to come this morning. You know what? You don't have to come here to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because where you are, so He is. You can be out in the middle of a field and he's there. You can be here together, and he's here. He's everywhere. Don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the agony of waiting and the excitement of not knowing what to expect? Some people like surprises. Do you like surprises? Anybody like surprises? Some people don't at all. In fact, it wouldn't be very much for a surprise because they can't stand surprises. And they don't like them. But this, they were waiting and waiting and waiting. And the excitement of not knowing exactly what it was going to look like. Can you get a sense of what that could have been like? Have you ever knew something was coming but you didn't really know what it was going to be and you start to get excited and you don't really know why but you're excited? Hopefully, we can get excited and we can continue to be excited about what Christ has done for us and the fact that he has given us and equipped us with the Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, and he dwells in you and he dwells in me. And that's exciting. That's exciting, and we'll see different, we get to hear every week of different ways that the Holy Spirit was speaking to people. I really feel like when we come here on Sunday mornings and we have our sharing time, that's what that's for. Yes, we're asking for prayer because that's what we need to do. But we're also sharing ways that the Spirit has worked during the week. And a lot of times for me, I think I maybe underestimate or downplay that because I maybe I'm not looking for it all the time. But at the same time, I don't want to be the type of person that that's all that everything that I do. The, the, and I'm, I'm stumbling because I'm trying to be very careful in what I say here. But in everything that I do, yes, the Lord orchestrates everything that we do. But sometimes people will share that 
the Holy Spirit told me this, and the Holy Spirit told me that, and the Holy Spirit told me this, and I start to wonder what's wrong with me that the Holy Spirit doesn't ever tell me anything. Yet he does. He does. The question is what Jordan asked this morning, are you paying attention? It seems like a theme that we've been talking about a lot lately is distractions. I feel like I've used that word a lot lately. But I think it's for good reason. Because we can be so distracted that we don't hear and we don't feel the nudging of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we think that it's just, uh, we do things because that's what we've always done and that's what we do and that's who we are. It's also because the Spirit is working in each one of us. And what I want to do, the biggest thing I want to do for to, with, with today and with what we're going through, because all of Acts now is going to be going through the church beginning and starting, and the disciples are sharing, and they're telling people about Jesus. At this point, they're still thinking Jesus came for the Jews. They've not been convinced yet that Jesus was here for everybody. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. But can you imagine the agony of waiting, the excitement of not knowing what to expect? The sound that came from heaven as a rushing wind, it reminded me of Elijah in the Old Testament when Elijah is kind of down and depressed and he goes and he hides in the rock and God says, what are you doing here? But he was waiting for God to speak and there was all the things, the fire and the storm and all these things that came and none of those God spoke through but God came and spoke in a still small voice. God could have done that here in Acts but I think it needed to be something that would get people's attention. This was the first time that the Holy Spirit was given. Now in Jerusalem at this time it was Pentecost and there were Jews from every, it says, uh, let me see where we're at here. Verse 4 first says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I should back up just a little bit. They start speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This can be very confusing as well. But you realize what is going on in Jerusalem on that particular, at that particular time. And verse 5 says, There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. There were people there from everywhere that people lived at that time, at that very time. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So you have Jews that lived in a whole, every different place that you can imagine because that's where they were moved to, whether it was through war or whether it was through persecution or being taken prisoner, whatever it might have been, there were Jews living everywhere. And those Jews had come back to Jerusalem for Pentecost. And this is who was in Jerusalem. So yes, they were all Jews, but they all came from different places and they all spoke different languages. So when the Holy Spirit came and he gave the he gave the he gave them the ability to speak with other tongues. This can be confusing. Sometimes I'm like, what? The simplest explanation for that is they were speaking in different languages that everybody there could understand. Whether they were or whether the Holy Spirit is the one that was interpreting that, it doesn't really matter. But what's exciting is to hear what God did right here. 
the Holy Spirit came and he allowed them to share. What were they sharing? And here's the key. They were speaking to them in their own tongues the wonderful works of God. They weren't just sharing random things. They weren't just share, they were all sharing the same thing. They were sharing about Jesus. They were sharing who Jesus was. Everyone was amazed at what the disciples were able to do. Why do people, question that I have, do people see something in you that's different? Because people were amazed here at what the disciples were doing, but there was another group of people that were mocking them and saying they're probably just drunk. Except for it was early in the morning. It was 10 o'clock or whatever it was in the morning. You don't, if you don't usually get drunk that early. I, would, I mean, I would hope not. I don't know. I never have been. But there were people mocking them. And so what is it that they had? What did they have that people were drawn to that they saw? The first thing they saw is they not, not saw, but is they heard. They heard them speaking in their own language. And when you hear something like that, you're probably going to pay attention to what's being said. Because just because they could hear them, they still had to listen to what was being said because they're sharing the gospel. They're sharing about Jesus. Are we today amazed at how God works? Do we find things in our lives, in our week, or in our day that amazes us at how God works? Are we amazed at what God is capable of doing? Because we think, well, man, they were speaking in all those languages. You know what? God can do that. God could do that today. I think God does do that today. I think the problem that we have as believers and followers of Christ is we get distracted. And we're not listening. We're not paying attention. We want to hear. We want that. We want to have it. But sometimes I don't want to take the time to make that happen or to make that possible. And I don't think it's going to be possible without time spent with God without time spent in the Word, without time rubbing shoulders and sharpening ourselves with other believers, I don't think it's going to happen. I was out this morning. I couldn't help myself this morning. I got up earlier than, well, it wasn't that early, but, and it was really nice outside. And on our farm right now, it smells absolutely amazing because all of our apple trees are blooming. And I was like, I am going to go for a walk. And I was reminded again at the, how awesome our God is. The beauty, whether it's sight or smell or sound, the morning this week has been beautiful. I don't know if you guys have enjoyed the weather, but I sure have. It was amazing. Do we, are we uh, amazed today at how God works? Are we? Do we take the time to notice the things that God has created for our enjoyment? Are we amazed at what he is capable of doing? He can take those flowers on that apple tree and the bee can pollinate it. And by August or September, we can have a nice, tasty piece of fruit. Our God is amazing. 
He really is. And the spirit that he sent to live inside of us is living inside of us. But are we going to let it settle in the bottom of our milk or are we going to shake it back up, stir it up and put it to use? That's up to you. Because if you've accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is a part of your life. What you want to do with it, to what extent you want to use it, that's up to you. Stir it up. Hopefully this morning we can stir that up just a little bit. We can shake that up a little bit and encourage each other. If you feel, if you feel like you should do something, if you feel there's something that I need to do or I should make that phone call or I should drive over and see that neighbor do it. What would it be like if we would just do something like that? Rather than second or third or fourth guess what we're feeling? Because I do that all the time. But you know what? If you miss this one, guess what? Tomorrow's a new day. And God's going to give you more opportunity to listen to what His Holy Spirit is saying. Matthew chapter 5. Just 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in, their, in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know who he's talking to? He's talking to us. We are the light of the world. And if we have a light, what are we going to do? We're going to put it on a lampstand. We're not going to hide it under a basket. Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us? Or are we going to put a basket over top of it and hope that we can just kind of float through life and not draw any attention. The thing is, what we need to realize and what I have to keep remembering, which is really hard to do, is that I'm not trying to draw attention to myself. I'm trying to draw attention to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if I can accomplish that and I can remember that and do that, then I think I would hopefully be more apt to follow the promptings that might come. Because I'm way too worried that somebody might mock and say, you know what, I think they just had, he's just had too much wine. Isn't that why we don't sue some of the things we do? Or that we don't do? Because of what people are going to think? Philippians chapter 2. Verses 14 through 16. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Do you realize, do we realize as believers in Christ that we have something, we have hope to offer? 
It's talking right here about a crooked and perverse generation. You know, I don't know about you, but you don't really have to look very far to find out that that's what we live in today. But let's not, that, let's not let that be you or I. Let's have you or and I be the light. The light that draws people to Christ. Not that draws people to me or draws people to you, but the light that draws people only to Him. Because I don't want credit for anything. What I want is to step out of the way. But you know what? God chose to work through you and I. He chose to use you and I to be a light for a world that is falling apart. When the disciples left the upper room after the Holy Spirit had come, they were obviously talking in different languages as, they, as was needed. But there were people that could understand them. And sometimes we, we, uh, with the Holy Spirit will maybe lead in a, in a different language or something, but if there's not anybody there who can understand it, then it's really of no value. That's not what was happening here. There were people understanding. There were people hearing the good news. And what's really interesting to me is that in, when it says that there were... Um, where did I see it? When it says that there were, people, there were Jews from every nation under heaven, how fitting is that 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 is when the t- that is the time that the holy spirit came when all of these jews were there from every nation and what is the great commission go ye into all the world and preach the gospel there were thousands of people that were saved at this time and those people that were saved they heard the good news in their own language and you know what they did after that they went home they went home and they shared that good news with everybody in their hometown. Can you see how quickly and how fast the gospel of Jesus Christ could spread and did spread during that day? That was no coincidence. That was no accident that it happened right at that time when they were all there. This is what our God does. This is what he's capable of doing is spreading that word that rapidly. Not by the same person, but by everybody. Because they were amazed at what they saw. They recognized that something was different. There's something here that's powerful, and we want to know what it is. And we want to be a part of it. Can people tell a difference in you? Can people tell by the way that you live or by the way that you talk or the things that you do? Can they tell a difference in you? Can they tell that there's something different? Uh, there's a, another verse that says they could tell they had been with Jesus. I didn't look it up. I'm just... But they, can people tell that you've been with Jesus? Have you been spending time with Jesus? That's probably the more important question because if you've been spending time with Jesus, people are going to be able to tell. People can tell. You try watching somebody else. See if you can tell if they've been with Jesus. Because I think you'll be able to tell. But don't start pointing fingers. You just make sure that you've been spending time with Jesus. Can people tell that the Holy Spirit is living inside of you? Why would anybody want to have the gift of the Holy Spirit if what they see, if they don't like what they, the results that they see? Can people tell the Holy Spirit is living in you? Don't forget to shake up that cup 
Get that chocolate off the bottom and mix it all in. Let's get it permeating our lives and everything that we do and say and the way that we live. We have a special song that's going to be sung. <laughs> if you guys want to come up. Father, I pray that as we go about this week, I pray that you would stir up your Holy Spirit in us. Give us an excitement for listening, for hearing what the Holy Spirit prompts us to do. Lord, help, help us not to be distracted. Help us to follow through and not worry about what people might think or what people might say. All that we need to be worried about is if you've been present in our lives. Lord, we want it to be about you. And we just thank you, Father, for your love. Pray that you would guide us. Help us to learn how to walk in the Spirit more. In your name we pray. Rest on us, come rest on us as the spirit was moving over the water. Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us, come rest on us. Come down, spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here. Let heaven on in, come rest on. 
God, you are here today. You're in this room. God, thank you that you walk with us day to day. God, I pray that we could go about our week in a way that would point people to you.
like Jason said, will they see Jesus in you? God, I pray that that would be the case this week in, in people that we meet, that they would say, that person's been with Jesus. God, thank you for this time here this morning that we were able to come and hear what you had for us. God, I pray that you would bless our week. Be with everyone here. Help us to spend time with you, whether it be reading in worship or just dwelling on what you have for us in our week. God, thank you for who you are and for being constant in our lives. Thank you for the blessing that the Holy Spirit is. May we use it the way it was intended to be used, not abused, but used daily. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be dismissed.